Welcome to Channel Journeys, the podcast for channel professionals that will enable and inspire you to create your best channel journey ever. Meet and learn from channel experts who share authentic stories of their channel victories, defeats, and lessons learned along the way. Here's your host, Rob Speed, a channel chief on a never-ending quest for channel knowledge and adventure. Hello, Channel Pros. Welcome to episode number six of Channel Journeys. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. I hope you enjoy the show. And for you repeat listeners, it's great to have you back. This week, I'm excited to have a longtime channel personality who's best known for his channel business called SMB Nation. Harry Brelsford has been an advocate for the small business partner in MSP dating back to 1999. I learned that Harry and I share a passion not only for the channel, but also for cycling and skiing and for my hometown of Seattle, Washington. We cover a lot of topics in this podcast, including why it's time for partners to start up or start over. This is important for partners to understand, but equally important for us channel chiefs. The partner landscape is changing, and we have to adjust our programs to stay relevant and add value to our partners' business models. We also talked about Harry's pivot that he's making with SMB Nation as he goes video. So let's get started with Harry's channel journey. Here we go. Well, hey, good morning, Harry. Welcome to Channel Journeys. Great to have you on the show. Well, good morning. Thank you for uh, having me on. My pleasure. My pleasure. So reaching you out in Seattle, my hometown, and tell me again where you're living these days. I know you moved recently. Yeah, yeah. After 20 years on Bainbridge Island, raising the boys and getting them through school and off to college, uh, we did like so many people in, you know, my age range, my peers is probably how I'd rather put it. But, you know, we sold into the strong Seattle market last spring. Uh, it was time. There's there's a time and a place to adjust your portfolio. So we sold the big house down on South Beach and now we're in the home before the home, as I like to say, downsized, <laughs> uh, da- downsized 20 miles north in Kingston, Washington, which is uh, a lovely little community. Don't don't know if you know it, but it feels like Bainbridge 30 years ago. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I do know it. So I have a brother who lives near Edmonds, yep. and he and I used to go dirt biking, and we take the, the Edmonds-Kingston ferry over. Yep. And I don't remember exactly was it where it was, but somewhere near Kingston, there were these awesome dirt bike trails. There, there are. There's several hundred acres of what used to be timberland for uh, all all uses: horses, mountain bikes, uh, motorbikes, running, walking. It's 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 quite a gift. Uh, Pope Talbert is a, I believe, the title holder, but it's several, you know, hundred acres, if not more. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was. <laughs> It was a blast. I remember the one time in the summer riding and it was super dusty and my contacts were getting all dried out and one popped off my eye during this like washboard session. So I'm trying to like see with one eye racing after my brother trying to catch him. Oh my. (laughs) (laughs) I've, I've (laughs) I've gotten LASIK since then, so I don't have that problem. Well, that's a whole nother podcast. I'd like to learn more about that, but not today. <laughs> yeah, this isn't the medical podcast, so we'll skip that one. I, I do want to talk about SMB Nation. You've been the face of SMB Nation for, what, almost 20 years now? Right, right. The years go quick, my friend. Be yes, careful. they do. <laughs> they absolutely do. Before we dive into that, I always like uh, our listeners to get a chance to know you and know our guests. So I've got some lightning round questions for you. Okay. You ready? Yeah. 
All right. So where's the most interesting place you've lived in or visited? Uh, probably uh, I'll roll with just north of Cape Town, South Africa, visit. Uh, I wouldn't mind uh, Seattle winters in Cape Town, but what is that? Stellenbosch, about 30 miles north of Cape Town, the wine country, and um, the bicycling is amazing. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to roll with uh, just north of Cape Town. Nice. I've never been there, but if it's got cycling and wine, I'm all in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay. And when you're not working, what do you like to do most? Uh, cycling. No. <laughs> <laughs> and drink wine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, a couple of things. Uh, I, I, I am a bicyclist and, you know, I'm up on Strava and hopefully do it all day, every day or at least in my mind's eye. But you know what I really like better? And unfortunately, you know, my head strategy as a youth when I used to ski race, uh, I, I really like cross-country skiing better. Grew up in Alaska, Nordic race, through first year of college. And doggone it, I wish we had global cooling. If we had yeah. global cooling, I could ski more. Un- unfortunately, most of my time is spent biking, if that makes sense. Do you enter any big bike races? No, not, not, not anymore. I'm, you know, tired old dude. I, uh, I, I did race as a kid. You might imagine cycling and Nordic skiing go hand in hand. Um, so I did do that back in the day, but no, I'll leave, I'll leave that to younger people. And you, you know, there's, um, Rob, there's something about, you know, I've, I've done a couple of races in the last 10 years and, you know, part of the problem would be injuries. Those criteriums were, People are a little shaky at high speed doing a loop in a, in a park. And, you know, I own and operate my my business and I just, I can't be down for six weeks with a collarbone or an arm or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I, I haven't done any serious racing. I, I love to bike. I do try to do one or two annual events, more just, you know, fun rides. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> those, those are good, but not serious racing. Even, even a group ride that I do for training, it can be dangerous. You occasionally have crashes and, you know, inexperienced riders who don't really know how to do the pace line, that type of thing. It, it can get a little scary. Yeah. 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 I, I went down 10 years ago in 09 and man, I was in bed for three weeks and, and probably out 18 months. And I'm not going to do that again. That, that was horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No fun. I, I was hit once by a car and knocked me out for a while too. So yes, sir. I try to stay upright on the bike. All right, there. good. So, um, I want to jump over to kind of your history. You said you, you were raised in Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, a little, little known factoid, factoid is, uh, so my mom and dad met at the University of Texas in Austin. Uh, my dad goes on, not surprisingly, to study, uh, he, he was a lawyer, so, you know, goes to law school and in oil, right? That would be a mm-hmm. natural act for Texas. And then lo and behold, in the late 60s, they discover Prudhoe Bay in Alaska. So off we go. Uh, he wrote out his career till yeah, you know, the late nineties, about the year before the tanker hit the rocks in 89. Mm. So he's not tattooed with that. Um, and, uh, so yes, grew up in Alaska, wonderful as a kid, not as fun as an adult. So I, 
migrated 30 some odd years ago to Seattle. Um, and, and, and that was a wise decision, right? So as the oil boom uh, reached its crescendo, in fact, I worked on the Exxon Valdez to put, put away enough shekels to be able to afford to move by plane and uh, moved to Seattle, put myself in business with rented office space and an apartment. And uh, that turned out to be fortuitous, uh, getting in Seattle in the late 80s. It's, it's been a hell of a 30-year run, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, I bet. That's about the time I left Seattle. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, having grown up there, great, great place to, to be raised. So much stuff to do there. But then I ended up moving out to Colorado, went to college out in Colorado, and then never went back to Seattle other than to, to visit friends and family. Yeah, well, you know, that's interesting. I did my, my undergrad and graduate work at the University of Denver, so I don't know if, if you went to the same or were you up in Boulder, or what's your story? No, I was in uh, School of Mines, Colorado School of Mines oh, in Golden. Oh yeah, yeah but very good. My, yeah, <laughs> but my brother, he was at University of Denver. Mm-hmm. And he went there the year before I moved out. So he kind of was one of the reasons why I, I picked going out there, that and the skiing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. So how did you get into the channel? You looked like, I was looking at your LinkedIn profile. You did some consulting work to SMBs. You've looks like you've been a teacher. You, I don't know if you still do it, adjunct professor. Are you still doing that as well? I, I am not. Did that for 12 years on the way up. Uh, so the wife essentially could stay home and, and raise the boys. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're a two income family like anybody. It's just, I made both incomes by day and night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, uh, but you know, what, 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 what happened? So, uh, you know, probably the, the, the one job I was able to successfully retain, I was with a large regional accounting firm in Bellevue, Washington for about five years in the dot-com boom, mid late nineties called Clark Newber. And one fine day, FASBA, the oversight board uh, shut down the consulting practices of public accounting firms after the Anderson fiasco. And so Clark Newber was very generous, packaged me out. Uh, it packaged me out in the sense that, that I was able to stay about another nine, 10 months and get my affairs in order. And uh, because, you know, they, they, they had to shut down the division uh, mm-hmm. by, I wouldn't call it law, but I call it by rule. And um, I took uh, a handful of clients I wanted. I, I turned down a couple dozen clients I had no desire to take um, and, you know, did small business servers. So that that was my baby starting at about 97 and built uh, my own practice on that. And then um, one thing led to another, you know, uh, I was writing some articles, which led to books, which led to workshops. So lo and behold, in November 1st of 99, right after Halloween, uh, I, I started my entity. And Rob, what was interesting is, you know, I'm probably more coming out of Seattle, I'm probably more of a product stack guy. So my, my thing was small business server. And mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it just happened to be the audience for small business server was the computer guy. Okay. okay. And the computer guy and gal 
are now called MSPs and or channel and or channel partner. But Rob, that's that's not what woke me up in the morning, right? I, I was far more interested in saving the world with small business server. And, and there's a little bit of truth to humor. Microsoft uh, had me engage with Peace Corps in 2001 out in Washington, D.C. to make peace packs. So if, if you can envision uh, uh, semi-truck trailers that were stuffed with technology, including small business server, backup batteries, and so on. And those were being shipped off to villages in Africa and South America. And the whole idea was that you could be a Peace Corps volunteer, and instead of being a ditch digger, you could be what we called an SBSer, <laughs> small business <laughs> server guy. And, and so, I mean, we literally thought we were changing the world, if, if, if that makes sense. It, it was pretty heady times in the Microsoft community, as you may recall. Mm-hmm, I bet. And did you go off to any of these faraway locations? Not in that role. I have uh, been to 45 countries, uh, several of them, you know, Australia, UK, Ireland, and India, 10 plus times each. So um, so I did... I did you know, make my career worldwide and built a worldwide community, uh, not in that role. Okay. Uh, more of my own s Nation endeavors. Right. Well, I don't know if you're competing with Jay McBain. He's been to, I think, 83 countries or something crazy. He's got a goal, I think, of 100. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I don't have it in me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd rather go to the countries I like at this late stage. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Absolutely. So you were saving the world with small business servers. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. We we literally had the same enthusiasm, the same attitude um, as the Macintosh community. You know, remember when the Mac came out and Apple? I mean, you literally thought you were changing and saving the world. And we we built that same enthusiasm. And I suspect we... I, I suspect we made a difference, right? The ability to bring an all-in-one, you know, server, right, with with security, email, database, reporting, all that in one box, and and help small businesses across the globe uh, compete. I mean, that that was a huge part of our messaging. Um, Rob, quickly, two two core messages I remember. One one was get uh, a day of productivity back. So we mm-hmm. had studies that showed you'd increase productivity by 20%. Um, you know what that's called today? We didn't know it at the time, but that's called work from home on Friday now. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> okay. <right. laughs> we, we, we didn't frame it up that way. We were much more math-oriented, but we, we really could document 20% productivity gains to get a day back. Um, and, and, and then, you know, the other thing was just uh, helping small businesses compete at the enterprise level. So, you know, all of a sudden between server-side resources and, and things like, you know, the Adobe portfolio, or I'll date myself and say Aldis uh, solutions, um, small businesses could bid and compete against larger enterprises for business. It, it really happened. <laughs> well, I and it's, and it's, I'm thinking about today with, you know, everything that's available to a startup of free cloud hosted infrastructure and software. It really has leveled the playing field, hasn't it? From a, from a technology standpoint. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it, it it has. And, you know, again, maybe it's a Seattle bias. I don't know what you're seeing out in your domain, but, you know, t- today the feeling would be with the startup, and, and I could just rattle off a dozen of them, but um, Rob, why why have office space? Why why have employees? You know why commute? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you got broadband, you got functionality, you got stability, and and then all the rest, right? Security and and all that nonsense. But that's what we're seeing out here. Is uh, you know, and 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 then the product stacks are so much richer. Now with uh, you know you can overlay Power BI for uh, it, 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 it you know I, I like to say basic analytics I know you can do advanced analytics with Power BI but by basic analytics I mean that even I can do it mm-hmm. right if if I can use Power BI you can use Power BI let me tell you <laughs> is is your work you've been very Microsoft focused just based on your location there you're you're surrounded by Microsoft folks. Is that still kind of your core focus area? You know, I think it is. I think I, I, I think our challenge at SMB Nation, it's a bigger conversation, but um, the let's take that hit TV show that actually only ran for a few years, but had a larger life, you know, larger than life audience so called Gilligan's Island. And Gilligan's Island, what, what, what do you think that was? 70s, 60s, 70s, and went into syndication? Um, yeah, I don't remember exactly. Probably the 70s. Yeah, and the professor uh, lived uh, and, and, and died on Bainbridge Island. I mean, that was his home, was the professor. Oh, I didn't know and, that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he was quite, quite generous, quite a community member. You know, the whole town turned out a few years ago when he became deceased. And um, the the point is is that there's a little bit of typecasting, right? That well, you're you're the professor on Gilligan's Island. We can't use you in a Geico commercial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so what you know what 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 I'm on a journey to do is uh, a conversation you and I were having offline about business transformation, right? That y- y- you know, guys, I I appreciate you knowing me as the small business server or SBS dude, I, I appreciate that. But that product went away six years ago in 2012. And certainly the technology has changed at light speed. And so, you know, we're trying to, to take people into new and exciting and different areas. So for example, analytics is a love of mine and yours. And I, I, I think there's some there there to make money. Um, and, and then, Rob, some very interesting conversations I had in the month of December as I was kind of loading up some of my content was uh, DevOps, mm-hmm. right? So DevOps are, you know, the developers are the new rock stars. And the idea that you need to somehow create some intellectual property to be, um, you know, acquisition ready or acquirable or have real value and, and so I think you're going to see more of that coming out of SMB Nation is, you know, it's very simple. Go back to Clark Newber in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Very simple equation. As, as long as I add more value than I take, I'm welcome to stay. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you, got, you have to keep providing value. Right. <laughs> For anyone, anyone, any company. Well, in any, any line of work. I yeah. mean, 
seriously, look look at some of the struggles encountered by GM. They're they're not the same struggles as some other electric auto manufacturers. You, you know what I'm saying? It's it's everybody has a challenge. Yeah, even a Titan like G, GM or GE, it's it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious. I, I noticed on SMB Nation, you know, I was looking at your website this morning, and you have a logo or motto. It says the place to start up and start over. Yeah, yeah, and we're still going to roll with that. We've had that tagline for two, three years. Uh, if I were going to change it, I would have changed it over the holidays. The holidays are sort of our strategic planning period, as mm-hmm. you might imagine, that last two weeks. And and we're going to stick with it because, you know, we do best when we stick to the knitting where we're half business and, and half geek. And, and, and I hopefully resemble that, that I'm still technical and our audience is still technical. And, you know, Rob, it's easy to get caught up in margins and spiffs and incentives, much like a merchant or a retailer. Um, but, and, and yet, yet, you know, money is important. I, I do not dispute that. Money is important. But um, it, at the end of the day, what gets our guys up is they're medical doctors. They're, they actually practice saving lives. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and do, do you have to run your clinic? Do, 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 do you have to bill? Of course you do, right? There is a business component. And so the startup start over, let me connect the dots. Half geek, half business. And what we're seeing in this particular era is um, if you're 50 and at Fortune, uh, Fortune 550, you're fired. Okay, and and I've got a lot of friends who are being exited from Microsoft, and uh, they they have to start up. I call that a startup. It, maybe mm-hmm. we call it startup start over. Um, yeah. But that I my intention there is the fifty and fire guy who's uh, got to start up something because there ain't no job for him in Seattle. Let me tell you, there's there's faster, younger, prettier people running around here. <laughs> Who will work for less? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably a, a constant stream moving in. Yeah, and so ain't gonna happen. And and then the start over is my core audience that we were so doggone focused on server side infrastructure and small business server that um, we have to reinvent ourselves. And again, I think you nailed it better with the word transformation. I, I have a question for you. I mean, are, are, are you having those transformation conversations across the board? Absolutely. It's interesting because I think thinking about the, the partner community, it's, it is a world of startup and startovers. There are the, the startups, the born in the cloud, looking to develop a solution, a niche solution based on technology that's served up in the cloud, delivered as a service. Those are the startups. And then the startovers are the the traditional channel partners who are having to reinvent themselves and leverage new technology and more of the adopt more of a consumption based business model. So that's yeah. a, a very appropriate tagline for the channel. Yeah, yeah. And I think I'm gonna, you know, I I, I think I'm gonna keep it. I mean, Rob, I, I gotta tell you, and this would be sage advice and maybe a little bit of wisdom worth what you paid for it, but um you know, doggone it, you got to wake up passionate about what you do. And, or at least I do, right? I, 
you, 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 you know, I have my own challenges. I mean, ADHD as a kid, I mean, I have my own challenges, but I have to really be passionate about what I'm doing because, you know, a lot of opportunities cross my desk and, and I'm assuming yours and many listeners, there's no shortage of ideas. Everybody's got an idea, right? <laughs> three, three, three times a day. Yeah, they're a dime a dozen. Yeah, ideas, you know, I have a book of unused ideas. You're welcome to rip a page out. But the um the but I, I I've got to be passionate. I mean, you know, I get these opportunities. Um and, and and I'll be very forthright, you know, we'll often get opportunities where they want to see SMB Nation pivot to be a marketplace like Commission Junction. And um, Rob, that's that's not what we do, man. I mean, that's not what gets me up in the morning is to catch a penny flying by on a transactional basis. <laughs> that's not Harry's passion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I, don't, I, I don't fault people for going down the road of marketplaces and that kind of thing. It's just, you know, I, I, I guess my mind needs, I, I need just a little bit more meat on those bones. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like analytics. <laughs> yeah. So as you're transforming your business, who do you see as your, your target audience? Is that transforming too? Is that shifting to a different audience? Well, you know, it's, it's probably the same audience. I mean, we're sponsor-based. We're sponsor-supported. And what we're saying to sponsors in, a, in, in, in the community is, you know, for, for example, Rob, we got out of the hardcore events business, I believe it was 2014. Uh, we were doing independent, and I would offer at-risk large-scale conferences. And when they're good, they're good. And when they're bad, they're bad. Let me tell you, the, the recession reset events, let me tell you. <laughs> and, and, and my basic idea is, is, is that events... At the end of the day, events are very expensive, right? For all the airfare, hotel, booth, uh, the, the, the booth fee. And, you know, you're coming away with a few hundred leads. And, um, and the reason you got the leads is you put out chocolate kisses in a fishbowl at your booth, right? So everybody comes by to get a chocolate kiss <laughs> and they give you a business card. Mm -hmm. um, my argument is that's very expensive. And versus with digital tactics, we, we can certainly do much more targeting, like lookalike analysis, you know, that, hey, Rob, give me half a dozen personas of partners that work for you globally, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and it could very well be by geography. You could say, hey, man, we have a lot of luck in Australia, New Zealand. For whatever reason, we're doing really well. Um, that's fine. We can double click down into our dynamic CRM database and start to target those people. And and I'm not, you know, Rob, I'm not even talking banner ads. I'm talking about other tactics, offers mm -hmm. and incentives. Um, so that's that's kind of what we're trying to do. And then what I'm trying to tell the fellas and the ladies who are the members of SMB Nation, the MSPs, is, you know, it's the... The, the, the new world is, you know, a thinking person's game and you've got to be, uh, I, I, the, it's an overused phrase, but you, you have to use, you know, the, the trusted business advisor model, right? It's not just geekdom anymore. You, mm -hmm. you, you got to kind of pepper in a little bit of business with the technology solutions you're providing. 
Right. So you're moving away from live events more into online events. You've got the MSP Tech Talk winter semester coming up, right? Right. Right. Tell me about that. Well, it's probably our third year. Not not surprisingly, as we started to de-emphasize the large-scale events, and and Rob, we'll still do the occasional beer fest, right? We'll we'll we'll, we'll still come into Washington D.C. and do a Thursday night beer fest. It's all good, but um, that's only two dozen people, right? And mm-hmm. and 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 so with the tech talk, we're coming up into our third year, and what we said is. Let's have a let's have an academic lecture series, a ninety minute format, uh, each quarter, just like college, four quarters a year, and um, let's explore topics that you know may not uh, be sponsor driven. There, there there may be some crossover with sponsors, and so we're a we're the we're the long format. I liken it to public radio, NPR, all things considered. We've gone to a long format. And then we're generously underwritten by the sponsors, you know, like the way NPR mm-hmm. says at the bottom of the hour, you know, the Ford Foundation and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And, and, and so part of being a sponsor with us is that you have to be well-behaved. Um, you know, we all know how the game's played and the sponsors get a five-minute commercial in the 90-minute mm-hmm. format. And, and, and we've trained our audience that, you know, guys, it's because of their generosity, we keep the doors open, right? <laughs> just, just like NPR. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we typically weave sponsors into the, uh, the conversation. Um, the last thing our audience wants, and, and, you know, I like to tell the sponsors, help me help you, is the last thing they want is the timeshare salesman um, on on the air, right? No, nobody likes to be sold to, right? <laughs> so that's that. I mean, that's it. And and then if you know people are curious, smbnation.com, and you can click over on the right side banner for Tech Talk, and hopefully you'll see that the nature of these conversations is academic, right? That. Uh, Rob, Rob, for example, the first one we have coming up next week is Microsoft Teams, and it's not a rah-rah session for Teams, but it's actually, I I would offer uh, critical analysis. So, for example, the telephony component of Teams, formerly known as Skype, um, is is that a thing? Can, Can you really make money with that? Is our audience really equipped to handle voice? Because my audience comes from the data side. Does that make sense that we're we're really trying to have, you know, almost like graduate school, just really critical conversations? It does make sense. I'm curious, is your audience, is your target audience for this uh, tech talk, is it more the MSPs or also for vendors who might be wanting to reach out to these MSPs to represent them? Well, it, it, the, the, the core audience is the MSPs. They attend complimentary Mm-hmm. Um, we, I, you, you, you know, being, uh, competitive myself, being in business myself, I know we will occasionally have competitors on our, uh, webinar. Um, mm-hmm. I, I get that, you know, tra- trade show floors are the worst dentist spies in the world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and, and then the vendors, the vendors will typically interact as a sponsor, 
which uh, they pay for. And, and that gives them the right to have a follow-up conversation with the attendees. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's how we kind of frame that up. Okay. And that network of MSPs, what do you see happening in that world? Is the, is the number shrinking? Is it growing? Well, unfortunately, no, it's, well, it's shrinking and transforming. Um, I, you know, again, we have a lot of survey data. Went up on SurveyMonkey in the year to do another survey. We're up over 900 surveys over 19 years. So we have a lot of data. Mm -hmm. And um, contrary to what you'll hear from trade associations that are in the rah-rah business, uh, they're cheerleaders typically, um, we're seeing a contraction and we're seeing a transformation and it's, it's okay. I, I mean, I, I spend a lot of time talking to people, giving them permission, as we say on the West Coast, um, emotional permission after they, go to, after they go to yoga and drop off their dog at doggy daycare. Um, but a lot of people need permission to change. And, you know, the change comes in many forms, Rob. It, it might mean you get acquired and your acquisition is essentially just you're getting a paycheck, right? You, you, you join a larger firm and bring your customer list. Um, it may be a more strategic acquisition. It may be an exit from the industry. Um, we, we see a lot of that where, you know, doggone it, my wife has a good job and I'm a computer guy. And, you know, mm-hmm. I've, always, I've always wanted to go teach at the K through five level. I, I want to go be a teacher. I want to write yeah. it out as a teacher with healthcare benefits. <laughs> well, you might have to change your tagline then, Harry, to start up, start over, or sell out. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, you know, then were the breaks. And, and Rob, again, let, let, let me just kind of reemphasize, it's not a negative. We've had a contraction because I just had this conversation over the break. Uh, you know, my family's made its mark with Prudhoe Bay in Alaska. Mm-hmm. And Prudhoe Bay is over 40 years old, man. The pipeline is only pushing 25% of the oil it did back in the day. Uh, it was pushing 2 million barrels a day, and now it's down to about 500 tau. And Rob, these fields just run out, brother. I mean, it's okay. You know, <laughs> we, 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 we don't Nothing have to be mad forever, at right? Bay. Yeah, don't be mad at Prudhoe Bay. <laughs> <laughs> well, now they, they had a huge find, a massive new discovery. I'm trying to remember, I think in New Mexico. I was just reading about, I think, the largest discovery yet. Is that right? Wow. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I mean, that's, that's my basic story. Uh, Rob, I, I think you might have been the recipient, hopefully, of my little Christmas uh, e-card uh, where I, up to my LinkedIn contacts and my larger SMB Nation audience, where, you know, I, I, my, my contention is it's a, it's a blue ocean out there, you know, there's, you you, got to wake up risk forward, you got to wake up optimistic, or, you know, it's, it's, it's time to go. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's an exciting day. There, There are always great new opportunities. So as we wrap up, Harry, anything that we didn't get a chance to talk about that you would, would like our listeners to hear or tell us about? Well, maybe, you know, maybe one last thing that comes to mind is uh, Jenny Hallmark, who's been with me 11 years uh, at SMB Nation and and runs the business uh, 
day to day by design after I read the bestseller book from many years ago called The E-Myth, where at some point Harry is supposed to be the owner and not the pie maker in the bakery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So Jenny was promoted to president four years ago. She turns the key at eight, locks the door at five, runs the company day to day. And what that's done is freed me up to be more strategic. But specifically, a really good example is uh, Jennifer Hallmark is a millennial and has some really good insights into, you know, different audiences, younger audiences. So hopefully what you're seeing on the SMB Nation page is we have pivoted the delivery vehicle for content over to YouTube. And so we're trying to do the YouTube eight minute or less format for content, which is kind of why I built a little home studio and, you know, got a spiffy microphone and so on. And uh, that's, that's probably the latest update. We started that July 1st. We're feeling really good about that format. Well, it's a great format for so many things and probably gives you a little bit of excitement too. that passion of coming in and doing something different. Yes, sir. I, uh, it, 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 less typing. Let me tell you, I wrote, <laughs> I wrote 20 books. It's less typing to do video. <laughs> <laughs> I love your kind of on the road videos that you do at different events. Thank you. Yeah. Those are fun. Yeah. yeah we're having fun. Ask Excellent. Me. Well, great. Fun chatting with you. Thanks again. All right. Take care. Thanks. You too, Harry. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Harry. I know I did. After recording this, I actually got to be a guest on Harry's Roadshow video series. I'll add a link to that along with the show notes and contact information for Harry on the ChannelJourneys.com website. Join me next week for an interview with Mike Kelly, the founder of the Channel Institute. Until then, make yours a great channel journey. Thanks for listening to Channel Journeys. For show notes and other Channel Journey podcasts, visit ChannelJourneys.com. If you liked today's show, Please forward it to your channel friends and be sure to tune in for Rob's next channel adventure.